Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're going to need each other. Don't let dick run your life. Okay. Sure. I was thinking. <laughs> good I was line. like, how are you going to do this? I was going to do that or I was going to put like peace signs up and go, groovy. Okay. You could have also said, I am not a crook. That would have been something. No. Okay. <laughs> it's like my least favorite historical quote. <laughs> it's also misquoted, I think. Yeah. I don't know what he said. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Mita. How you, kind of the- how you doing? I do live and breathe. Good. Good to hear. Yeah. That's it. Mita, I think we need to fill the audience in on the tragedy that occurred in my life today. Yes. Okay. Well, do you want to fill them in or would you like me no, to fill them in No, I'll fill them in. You? Okay. So, listeners, today is October 25th when we are recording. I know you're listening to this on November... After November 3rd, 10th. I think. 10th? No, Whoa. 17th, actually. No, 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 no. No, be. November 10th. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Ma goes out this week and then Sandy next week. Yeah. So November 10th. I know you're listening November 10th, but it is October 25th, meaning a few days ago, Dune came out. Da-na-na-na. It was a big day in Nadim's life because I don't know if you know, and if you don't, you just haven't been listening to enough episodes of this podcast, but I love Denny Villeneuve more than any d- current living director. So... I made plans with my wife. I took a day off of work. We bought afternoon tickets to an IMAX show because my daughter would be in school and we'd, my parents would be able to watch my son and it would be easy for us to get away. Made the plans, had a good weekend, and then yesterday at 7 p.m. we get an email from the city of Ottawa saying that my my daughter had been exposed to COVID in her class and that mm. she was to be she was to self-isolate. And they would contact us by Tuesday to let us know the follow-up. So she is currently virtual learning, and we have no plans to see Dune. I had to call Cineplex, and I had to tell them. And the girl, she was really, I was like, I told them, and she's like, oh, that sucks. Yeah, I'll return these. (laughs) She's very understanding, very very understanding. But I was like, I was honestly devastated. I'm making light of it. But in my heart, I was actually really quite sad because you I were w- dying I was so <laughs> I was so angry and I was so sad because I'd been looking forward, like forget like for so long, just this weekend. This was meant to be the climax of the weekend. Mm-hmm. And then it just petered out. You took the day off. I took the day off. You took the day off to see Dune and God. So I did just end work. up going back. I like went into work and like it was fine, but I was really I was devastated. I can I understand that. Oh, I understand that. I wasn't able Sorry. to. Uh, there's more because I oh. haven't told you the rest of this, Mita. Oh my gosh, there's more. It turns out that uh, we didn't know if my daughter had personally been exposed or if someone in her class had been exposed. But we got a call from the city saying she herself was a high risk now. She had <gasps> been exposed. So now she has to get tested. She has to isolate for the entire week. I think everyone in her class, it was someone in her class who was a high exposure so her entire class her class she's in kindergarten has now been like it's all it's all uh, school for the rest of the week until she gets tested and realistically she'll go back next week but no dune this week oh i'm sorry (sighs) i i don't want to put salt in your wound 
but I saw a dune. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I went um, Friday night. Okay. I went. Talk to so me about sec- it. Like second evening open. Yep. Uh, it was a busy theater, mm-hmm. but um, so for some reason, there's some theaters that are still doing like social distancing yeah. within the seats and some theaters that are not. Yeah. And so the theater I went to is still doing it. And I'm very thankful because um, I was worried that I was going to have to sit beside a stranger. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I would have been able to handle that. That's fair. Yeah. But um, so it was a full theater in the sense that there was a lot of people in there but i still felt like very spaced out from everyone and i didn't feel like anybody was in my bubble um if you are planning on going to the movie theater and you know that it's going to be a very full one my recommendation is to get there like 30 minutes earlier or even earlier than that because all the checking of the vaccines yes um should we let our listeners know who are not in ontario what we're talking about oh yeah sorry (laughs) Um, so in Ontario, where we live, the policy right now is that you need to have a vaccine passport, essentially, to go into any movie theaters. Um, theaters can run at 100% capacity, but you do need to be double vaxxed. And so what they're doing at the theater before you go in and get your popcorn and whatnot, they're checking your vaccination status to make sure that you're double vaxxed. And so I went in probably like 45 minutes before my show Mm -hmm. and I went in really easily. I got my popcorn and my drink really easily. I got to my seat like super easy, but I did notice probably until about like 7, 10 and this movie started at 7 p.m. Like trailer started at 7. Till 7, 10, there were still people trickling Trickling in. in. Yeah. And so I imagine that everybody got in on time, luckily. But like if you're like me and you like to watch the preview and you need to like be there for that, then um, my recommendation is get there as soon as possible, especially if it's going to be a busy show because it can take some time to check your vaccine status. And also my recommendation is like, Get that stuff out and ready, like, Generally before you speaking, enter yeah. in. Yeah, don't start shuffling through and trying to find your license because they check your vaccine status and, and they license. check your yeah. photo ID. So, There's yeah. talks of an app being made. I think there is an app, but, like, you need a, to scan a QR code oh. and not everybody has their QR code yet. So then oh, you have okay. to go and get your key. It's just, like, too, much. too much. So I just stuff, have yeah. mine printed out and I've shown them in my license That's and good. it's just easier that way. Um, but yes, I've I've seen Dune. Okay, Mita, you have some ground rules for how you can talk about Dune. I know, I know what I want to say, and okay. it's not spoiling anything. Okay. I this is what I'm gonna say. Okay, okay so before Danilo Lim made quite the statement earlier last year when they announced that Dune was also going to be released on HBO Max, mm-hmm. and that he was really disappointed in that, and he didn't believe that that was like a good way to go. Um, and that's not the kind of movie he made. And at that time, I was just like, shut up, Denise. Let everybody watch your movie. Like, why do you care so much? And after seeing Dune, you need to see this in a movie theater. Yeah. You cannot watch this at home. You can't watch this on your laptop, on your computer, on your phone. Like, it needs to be experienced yeah. in a movie theater and that is all I'm going to say. I'm not going to say anything else until you've seen it. Yeah, and then we can like that. relish together. Relish together. Well, yeah. we're going to have to wait next week. So maybe next Monday I'll go. I also, I really want to see it on IMAX. And I just still hope it's playing on IMAX next week. So we'll Do you want to go next Tuesday? I'm off. <laughs> we'll see. Because again, like my, my wife and I have to figure out like babysitting and all of that. Or I'll babysit. There you go. Sure. <laughs> so you go. By all means. Yeah. Just make sure your daughter's COVID free. Yeah. 
She'll get tested. We'll find out. Yeah. So, yeah, I was devastated. But there is one thing that caught me up by complete surprise that I just want to quickly address before we get to a review. I shared with you on Friday that out of the blue, a production house in India, Yashraj Films, announced Mm -hmm. that their most popular movie, my favorite movie of all time, of all the movies in all the world, this is my favorite movie, Dilwale Dulhanya Le Jenge, released in 1998. And it is four? No, 95. And it is still playing in a movie theater in Bombay 26 years consecutively. And I'd go see it. Oh, and it sells out apparently quite regularly. So this oh, is really? the, the most successful, one of the most popular movies of all time, is being turned into a Broadway musical. Not off Broadway. 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 I, I guess it's exciting. I just like, I can't. Wrap my mind around the concept of taking a Bollywood film, which essentially is a musical, mm-hmm. and turning it into a musical. Like, what in a stage? Like, I just, I don't know well, how first, that's going to work. Well, it's going to be English language. Oh. Yeah, we're not talking, this is a Broadway musical, so it's running on Broadway. It's not off-Broadway, and it's not being turned into a stage musical. It's being Who's turned writing in, it? <laughs> so it's being directed by the man who made the original movie, Aditya Chopra, and then okay. uh, there's some other Broadway thespians and people who have history who are writing the book. The music is being written by Vishal and Shekhar. No, because that wouldn't work. <laughs> you need an Indian person to write the music, but the lyrics in the book are being written by people on Broadway. So it's going to be a collaboration, but it okay. is meant for a Western audience. Interesting. Yeah. Do you think a Western audience can appreciate the beauty of... I think that's that'll be interesting and it'll be interesting to see how it's produced because a lot of the beauty of Dilwale, which is what we call it lovingly, or DDLJ, is it is really mass appealing to the diaspora, especially. Like there is a lot of nostalgia. It's essentially about this to give a very short version of this, it's about a this couple who falls in love in England, and when her family finds out, they fall in love on a European trip. They're both they both live in the UK. When her father finds out that she had this affair without sex with this guy, they move back to India for her to get married. And then when her lover finds out, he travels to India to win over her family so that they will happily give her over to him and that they can get married. It is actually an incredibly sweet film. It's so well written. It has this perfect screenplay where... Everything kind of works together. It's it's a real magical film. It's like three and a half hours and you are invested in these characters. The music is great. It is really something to experience. I, I see this movie once a year consistently. On my 30th birthday, my wife rented out a theater and all my family and friends watched it. It was really quite something and I still remember it yeah. as one of my most fond memories. But anyways, a lot of the... Uh, a lot of the appeal of this movie was about the cast, was about the music, was about like a lot of things. But it was by, it was largely how it was directed, right? And how that came out. So let's see. We'll see. I also I don't, don't know, know if, if it'll work. I also don't know if stage musicals can capture emotion the way movies can. Exactly. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But Mita. Yes. I think it's time for some dick. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. Yeah. This week, um, so we this picked week a Meet the Movie Meet the. Talk to us about what you picked and why. Well, would you like to ex- explain the Discro? The Discro. I absolutely can talk about the Discro. Meet the, what did you pick, though? I picked the 1999 teen classic 
Dick. Yes. Starring one Kirsten Dunst and Michelle Williams. Yes, and contrary to popular belief, this is not about penis. No. Dick is about two girls wander away from a White House tour and meet President Nixon. Tricky Dick. Tricky Dick. (laughs) That's what he was called. So this is technically what the movie is about, but it is a lot more than that. Oh, wow. Okay, I'm really interested to hear what you have to say. But before we do that, I'm going to talk about my connection with Dick. So... I don't know if I've ever told you this, but like Richard Nixon is probably like the president that I am most fascinated by, just by his like pure, his psychology, essentially. And the trigger for that fascination was this movie. Yeah. So um, in 1999, I was eight years old. (laughs) (laughs) And my sister would have been 16 and she had probably rented this movie and like had watched it and I watched it as well and was just like marveled (laughs) by this movie. I did not understand a thing. Of course. (laughs) Nothing. I think I really was just fascinated with Kirsten Dunst and I wanted to be her. And so I was just obsessed with this movie and I would make her go rent it again from Video Flix or from Flix and Flavors so I could keep watching it over and over. And then one summer I finally was like, what is Watergate? Because yeah. <laughs> I didn't understand this movie at all. And in true Millie Sumpath fashion, she went downstairs. She grabbed the W Encyclopedia. She handed it to me and said, look it up and write a report and just walked away. <laughs> oh, Millie. Not cool, Millie. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did learn about it, That's though. True. So, like, it did work. <laughs> but I... Really was like in love with it as a kid, and I have not watched it as an adult. And so I really, I was curious. I was like, what? And I have vivid memories of this movie. I can like, I remember things that happened in it, but I was just like, I haven't watched this as like a grown person who now understands Watergate and has watched like all these CNN specials, has listened to um, Slow Burn, the podcast, Mm -hmm. and like has really like kind of understood Nixon a little bit better. I've seen Frost Nixon, guys, have you? And I, I thought, wouldn't it be interesting to revisit this? And I found out that you had never seen it. And I feel like it's also kind of this like quintessential 90s teen movie in a way as well. And so I thought it would be fun to do it because we've been doing some tough movies. <laughs> <laughs> we've been you didn't enjoy it. the funness that was NH10, then Incendie back to back in a double no. hitter. <laughs> so that's why I chose Dick. <laughs> it's also so much fun to say. <laughs> because you're like six? Yes, I I am a ten year old kid right now. Well, no, I'm eight. I'm an eight year old kid, who just watched Dick okay. and learned about Watergate. All right. Yeah. So Nadim, tell me your feelings on Dick. Okay. Let me let me summarize how I felt about Dick with the viewing experience of Dick. Okay. Okay. So Mita and I recorded our episode for Ansandi and NH10 quite late last time. We actually like to record on Monday, two weeks prior to. So when we record on Monday, it gives us one week, essentially, after we've heard what the movie is to watch it. So we have enough time to, like, fit it into our schedule. This time we only had, we recorded on Thursday, so we had Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We really only had three days to fit this movie in. I had a very busy weekend schedule. Very, very busy. 
And so the only slot of time I had to watch it was Sunday night. Uh, and Meet Them messaged me on Friday to be like, okay, I have the quotes for you. And I was just like, you will not hear from me until Monday morning. And that's exactly what happened. So last night after, I had to like paint my office. We had people over. I had to cook. We like took my daughter to a museum. It was very, very busy. So last night after my daughter went to sleep at like nine o'clock, I'm like, hey, I told my wife I got to watch this movie. It's a comedy. You can watch it with me. I started to watch it. By 930, I'm falling asleep. And I'm like zoning in and out of it. And I'm just, I'm kind of like, I, I don't, I'm not enjoying it. I'm kind of like, I'm not feeling it. I'm like exhausted. And at 930, I'm just like, I can't do this. I can't watch this right now. And I stop it. I lie down on the couch and I fall asleep. Typically what happens is I actually stay up. Uh, my wife and I split night duties with my son. So I'll stay up with him till like three, four o'clock. And then I'll bring him upstairs. And then she'll take care of the feeds after that. So we each try to get like six hours of sleep without him waking up. So he wakes up. At 1.30 to feed, I fall asleep. He wakes up again at around 3 o'clock and I'm like, oh, it's a little early, but let me warm up his milk. What's happened to my sleep schedule is that now I'm wide awake. I'm wide awake from about 3 to 5. And I'm like, you know what? This is probably the best time to finish this movie. There's only about an hour <laughs> left. And so while he's feeding, I'll just, I'll, I'll, it takes about a half hour to feed him. And then there'll be a half hour of like letting him settle in. And that'll be it. So I watched it. And I was not looking forward to it. But somehow at 3 a.m. when I started to watch this, I was like, oh, this is actually kind of clever. This is actually kind of, <laughs> it started to like click in and it started to like, I started to enjoy it. And I don't know what it was. The tiredness was obviously a part of it. But by the end of it, at, when I finished it at 4.30 in the morning, I had enjoyed some dick. <laughs> I love that for you. I really do. <laughs> do you not feel like it's oddly smart? Like it's, it's very smart. It is actually it's so it's, a, it's a very very smart movie. There yeah. are I don't think this is a perfect film. I think there are, it's there's quite a few problems with it, but it is a very clever film. I was so worried going into this though because I hadn't seen it in such a long time that this was going to be like a Cinderella story for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was really going to regret making you watch this. But I have to say, for eight years old, I had really good taste in movies because this was like probably one of my most favorite at the time. But even just the opening of this, when you have French Stewart playing Larry King and you have yeah. Will Ferrell and Bruce McCulloch as like Woodward and Carl Bernstein, yeah. and they're just like fighting over yeah. the fact that they've written this story and they're both appearing on this. It's just, it's. The minute I saw that, I was like, oh, I remember this. It was like a nice warm hug. And everything that followed, I was like, oh, like this makes sense because this person is like this part of the scandal yeah. and this person is this. And like, oh, that's where they got that idea. Or the the she the, my favorite thing takeaway from this movie is the idea that these two teen girls, I guess we should probably I think explain go, go into a little bit of detail about what the movie's actually yeah, about. Yes. Um, so Kirsten Dunst and Michelle Williams play these two teen girls who Michelle Williams' character Arlene lives in the Watergate building and they happened to be out and about the evening that the Watergate scandal occurred mm -hmm. when part of Nixon's team broke into the, the building and to try to get information about the Democratic Party. But And you can look up your own stuff about Watergate. We're not going to talk about <laughs> Watergate. <laughs> but not. rest assured, it was because Nixon was just incredibly paranoid. That was... Yeah, oh. Or, well, anyways, <laughs> yes, so Michelle Williams and Kirsten Dunst are just like 
around in the the building at the time and they bump into one of Nixon's aides and then they happen to be on a school field trip the next day at the White House and see him again and come upon the list of people who knew about this scandal and who were being paid off to not say anything about the scandal and then chaos ensues and they wind up becoming Deep Throat <laughs> which who is the um, informant that Carl Woodward or Carl Bernstein and Bob Woodward had used in their Washington Post articles about the Watergate scandal. And it's just such a like clever and funny way to tell this story and to kind of like have this fictional hist- historical fiction, which is, I don't like I can't think of anything that I've seen recently that has such a fun idea like this. Yeah, I think. I feel like I've seen something, but I can't honestly remember it. Like, it's not as memorable. Like, there, I think there are movies that take that. Forrest Gump kind of, like, did that a little bit. This idea that Forrest Gump, this fictional character, had an influence on these no, these non-fiction kind of life events. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's something else that does that, too. Because it's it's not unheard of, but I can't, honestly, can't think of it. But my So my favorite takeaway from this, though, is that... So the two girls become the president's dog walkers um, so that they can keep an eye on them and make sure they don't actually know anything about what's going on. And as the dog walkers, they always bring President Nixon these cookies called Hello Dollies in which they accidentally, well, they accidentally put their her brother's weed in the cookies. So they're making weed cookies for the president who then takes them. And the brother finds this out and has this realization of like, Maybe that's why he's so paranoid because they are constantly feeding him yeah. weed cookies and I just love it so much and I'm I feel like I'm laughing by myself. <laughs> no, I look, I enjoyed it and I thought it was I thought it was very clever and there are some like laugh out loud moments. I have a couple of issues with the movie as a singular piece. One of them mm-hmm. being it's very American in that it assumes that you as a viewer know a lot about Watergate. Well, yeah, that's what eight-year-old Mita had to go Figure get out. the encyclopedia for. Yeah, And as I mentioned when we were talking about Mother, I have a problem with movies that require you to have research, essentially, mm-hmm. or have research. And I get that Watergate is such a large part of American history that most people know it, know about it. And like even we as Canadians or like worldwide people have, a, I think, a vague understanding of Watergate and enough to get through the movie. But I don't know if you have enough to enjoy it the way it's meant to be enjoyed. That's fair. Like, I don't know if you're, I don't know if you're on the outside. I feel like you're on the outside looking in and like, welcome Mm -hmm. to look in. You're not on the inside laughing. I think now as an adult, like, especially after listening to Slow Burn, I, I am laughing with them because I understand it so much more and I know the story a little bit better and I know who the people are. Eight year old me was like, just in love with their clothes because it's also it's set in the 70s yeah and they do that well it doesn't feel like gimmicky to me it doesn't feel like it does look like very natural even with the casting of like kirsten dentz and michelle williams everything kind of fits um and so i think i was just like really amazed with that and those two girls specifically because this was like the height of dawson's creek and michelle williams was like so cool i just wanted to say Honestly, the casting is great. They are both really good in this. And this movie largely works because they are both skilled actresses. Mm -hmm. And I remember when we talked about Jennifer's body and the question of whether 
Megan Fox, is she just a hot mean girl or was she playing a hot mean girl really well? It was hard to kind of confirm whether it was A or B. Whereas mm-hmm. when you watch Kristen Dunst play her character, you're like, no, this is a talented actress playing a dumb girl. A dumb girl. Like, yeah. it's very clear that this, she knows what she's doing. And maybe that's informed by the fact that we've seen Kristen Dunst do so much. Forget Michelle Williams, who has like three Oscar nominations to her name and like Jack Nasty. And like, she's done so much. But Kristen Dunst plays the, I think, the ditzier girl. And she does it so well. And their chemistry is so tight. And they just... And they're young. They're like really young. They're so young. When they they're actually teenagers in this. And like I, it comes yeah. off so genuinely and so confidently. I think when you think of teen movies that work and that work well, it's always because the casting is mint. And those actors and actresses always go on to have fruitful careers because of that. If you think of like Easy A, that works because Emma Stone is Emma Stone. It's true. And like, I think this is another example of that. This movie works so well because of Michelle Williams and Kristen Dunst. But then there's also all these like supporting characters who are these people that we like now know as like famous people in comedy. Like you have Will Ferrell there, Bruce McCullough from like Kids in the Hall. The guy who plays G. Gordon Liddy is Harry Shearer, Mm -hmm. who's like Mo from The Simpsons. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of like really great comedians in this as well. And they're it's just like the whole time I was like, oh, I'm in on the joke. Yeah. I get this now. Like, I'm smart. I felt really good about myself <laughs> watching good. this movie, which is nice because I, I felt terrible in the last two movies that we watched. Whoops. Oh, was there anything else you didn't like? I want to give an unpopular opinion. Okay. I do not like Will Ferrell. I knew this about you going into it. I, and I just, I feel like he's not Will Ferrell in this. Yeah, though. this is, he's definitely more tolerable than this because yeah. he's, he's not Will Ferrell. But Will Ferrell is always playing Will Ferrell. And the only time it's ever worked is an elf. You don't love Ricky Bobby? I don't. I honestly don't. <laughs> no? No. I find Will Ferrell really hard to like. I get that. It can be, it's a bit much at times. He's a hard, it's a lot. he's a you could tell he's a comedy savant. He's very, very smart. And, like, he knows what he's doing. But, like, he's hard to enjoy. I think he... It's kind of like Adam Sandler syndrome in a way of, like... Because I think on SNL, he definitely proved himself. And he did other skits that were really funny. And he he played Sean Connery. And, like, he does that so, yeah. so well. And I think once he started to make movies, he, he fell into that trope. Because comedy is such a hard genre to make movies in. People always kind of want the same thing and they aren't really willing to expand their mind. So it's like, okay, let's take a Will Ferrell type character and put him in this situation. Let's make him a race car driver. Let's make him a figure yeah, skater. Exactly. Let's make him, you know, all these different things. And I think he fell into that bucket I don't blame him like that. You're going to make money. You're going to get yeah. fame that way. I think it's also because all those movies came out in such a short succession. It's I think it's exactly what you're saying. And studios just mm-hmm. didn't realize maybe this is an oversaturation of this man. Yeah. Maybe we could do something different. Yeah. And maybe we should. Although I do. I do love him in Zoolander. Zoolander is another one I just don't like. <laughs> I don't think you get it. No. I get it. <laughs> Uh, The other thing I want to talk about Mm -hmm. is marketing. Yeah, because, like, nobody knows this movie. Nobody knows this movie, but I feel like... (laughs) I remember, actually, when I was growing up, I remember seeing this on, like, commercials for this and being like, what Mm -hmm. is this movie? I remember being like, that's the girl from Dawson's Creek, but I didn't know much else. 
Yeah. But at the, at the time, it, I felt like it was marketed as a teen movie. But me thought, what teenager is going to laugh at political jokes about Richard Nixon? <laughs> I Yeah, I guess that's fair. <laughs> it's, and it's, I think this is definitely a movie about teens. It's meant for adults, though. And I feel like the movie tried to take advantage, I think, most of Michelle Williams' fame, cast her in a film, and then tried to appeal to a teen audience. But the reason this isn't the big success it it really should be is because this was a movie that should have been a hard-rated R movie and meant for adults about two teen girls who stumble upon the Watergate scandal. Yeah. And then... It reminds me a lot of Election. Yes. That that same vibe of, like... This is a teen yes. movie and that it's set in that, that genre and that locale. But this is not for teenagers. For teens. It's yes. for adults who will actually get these jokes. Yes. But it did work on eight-year-old Mitha. So what does that say about the movie? I think there's enough in this to have that teen appeal in a way. And maybe they were just trying to educate kids. No, but I think that's, <laughs> no. I think that's misguided. And I feel like they saw this movie. They saw the potential in it. They saw Mm -hmm. everything kind of lined up and they kind of had to pick a lane and they picked teen versus adult. And I think at the end of the day, an adult movie called Dick about two teen girls who stumble on, again, the Watergate scandal could have been so much funnier because I feel like a lot of, I think a lot of the inside laughing on the inside jokes are meant for adults. Mm -hmm. I'm curious. So you were like 14 when this came out, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious of like where in terms of like culturally were we were people with Watergate and Nixon and understanding that because in the last five years, it's come up a lot, especially with Trump in office, because there are similarities with what was going on with him and trying to impeach him and what Mm -hmm. that looked like and him just like firing everybody left, right and center. There are so many similarities with how Nixon's administration was going. And so I think it's really relevant today. And I think it would be really interesting for people to watch this now and kind of see those comparisons. But I'm trying to think like in 1999, what was the political climate like that they would think that this would work. Can I also just say, though, that when you were an eight-year-old and you watched this, you saw it accidentally. Yeah. And then you sought it out because you enjoyed it. Fine, because you found the things that you liked about it. But can you think of yourself as a 14-year-old girl being like, oh, I want to watch this political satire? No, I would. I see myself being like, I want to watch Kirsten Dunst. I love Kirsten Dunst. She's my favorite person. But do you think you would have gotten it? No. There's... uh, there, it's not for teens. That's it's just, just it. It's just not for <laughs> yeah, teenagers. It's for teens. It's not, and it's, and it's not that teenagers are dumb. Like no, that's not, no, that's not that's not the commentary. I just I think no. the jokes are just not targeted at that. This is a movie that is trying to make political satire jokes and dick jokes, and it's just not. Mm-hmm. They're not working together. They kind of do though. <laughs> they work well in the movie. Yeah. I feel like they don't work well for who the film was marketed towards i can agree with you on that which is really disappointing because like but i guess i wonder if this was like more well known and it had become like a teen favorite if i would still have that like love and nostalgia for it because i think it kind of flies under being like a cult film a little bit and that you know a small group of people know it and love it and can quote it but it's not in the mainstream i'm wondering if like if this because 1999 was like was that the same year as american pie Maybe. Yeah. I think we got to look that up. I don't that know. That is a pertinent I'm question too, to yeah. ask. With 99. 
Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Okay. Here are two <laughs> movies targeted towards teens. One is about a guy who has sex with a pie. And the other is about two girls, again, who stumble upon the Watergate scandal. <laughs> two girls who happen to be the deep throat informant yeah. for the Watergate scandal. <laughs> wow. What were they think? Were they eating the Hello Dollies? <laughs> like, I'm wondering, where does that disconnect happen? <laughs> Whoever wrote this, I don't know if it was... Um, Andrew Fleming, Andrew, who also who directed, he directed it as well. The Craft, right? Yeah. So I don't know yeah. when he wrote it. I, he had a great idea. And part of me thinks what happened was he probably wrote the R-rated version of this. And mm-hmm. then he got to a studio and they were like, well, to market this, you're going to have to get rid of the swear words, get rid of the sex. We're going to have to dub it down. And then we're going to have to hire two teen, like relevant teen actresses to make this work. Mm. That makes sense. I feel like they tried to make it work. Yeah. But here's the thing I think in trying to make it work, it loses some of the potency of it. It does lose some of that like power that it could potentially have. Like this could be a big short. So much more. Yeah. This was very interesting to me. I wish there was more information about this movie because, like, after watching it, I loved watching it and I was like, oh, like, I'm so happy that I picked this because. I didn't remember the feeling I had from watching it. I just known that I've always liked it. Mm. And I bought it on <laughs> Apple because I was like, I want to be able to watch this whenever I can. And I get it now as like a 30 year old as opposed to an eight year old. I am glad I picked this though, because like it was nice to revisit it and to like yeah. actually feel like there, there was purpose to what I enjoyed and that I was able to like find something so like niche as an eight year old kid that still, but me I think, like, still I stands up. I think it does stand up. I think this is actually <laughs> yeah. like there's some really cute little winks and nods in this film, and like you can mm-hmm. tell from the moment it starts. Like, find that Larry King, like interview is funny, and then even when the credits are rolling and she's like typing, and then they put the like she puts the whiteout on the number, the and B. we're just watching it dry. Like it's there's some like a little moments of like craft and clarity in this film that it's you're watching it and you're like okay you know you're in good hands i'm so curious of what this would be like i actually i think your concept of it probably being an r-rated and then being told to like teen it down yeah in a way is probably what happened and i wish that there was that was what i was gonna say i wish there was more information about this movie online mm. because i watched it and i was like so happy to watch it and experience it again But then when I was, like, looking for information about it and things for us to, like, talk about, I couldn't find anything. Like, there's nobody's reviewing this. Nobody, like, was talking about it then. Like, even the reviews on IMDb aren't that great. And I'm just, I'm so sad that there are movies like this that I think are, like, really good and fun and just totally, like, didn't hit the mark at the time that they were released Mm. and that people don't get to enjoy them as much. Yeah, and I think this is just an example of a film that was, like, if you read the reviews and stuff, it's very generously reviewed. It's not, it, it has some pretty solid reviews. People talk about how it's, like, it's funny and it's it's funnier than you think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. But the problem with the think it's going to be part is that that's what marketing is selling. Like, the, what you think the movie is is what marketing is telling you it is. So, yeah. when this movie came out, everyone thought it was a teen movie about two dumb girls and politics somehow. And ask anybody how exciting does that sound? I remember being 14 and seeing trailers for this and thinking that movie looks so boring. Mm. And fine, I'm not American and I'm not a teenage girl. So maybe I just wasn't like, 
the target market for it. But I was a teenager. And if you were targeting American Pie for me, why was it? I didn't see American Pie either because that didn't appeal to me either. But I know a lot of people who did watch American Pie and I don't know anyone who's seen Dick. It's true. Like when I think about that time, I remember like all my sister and her friends talking about seeing American Pie and like trying to get into the movie because it was R-rated and like what that experience was like. And this is very different and doesn't kind of hit the mark with teens. So like if you were, let's play a game. If you were going to market it to the two, no, we don't want to market two teens. It's an adult movie. It's an adult movie, Mita. That's the (laughs) thing. How do you market to adults? Is it like, were they lazy and we're just like, it's easier to market to teens than it is to adults? No, but I think that happened from the get-go. I'm telling you that like, if I was a studio head and I saw this, I can completely mm-hmm. understand reading this and being like, I don't think this is going to appeal to adults. Let's dumb it down for teens. I could have seen that, like, if this was made now, I think yeah. that could be different, though. And I think mm-hmm. you could hire a teenage actress. Like, who could, like, I'm trying to think of teenage actresses, and this is proving I'm, like, near my 40s and can't think of anyone. But, like, if you like try to, huh? Right I don't like any of them Yeah, right if now. you try to think of, like, a relevant <laughs> teen actress right now, I would honestly say, okay, let's R this up. Let's appeal it to adults let's fill it with some a-listers let's have the teen actresses be maybe less potent in the marketing and focus Mm -hmm. on the will ferrells and all the other in this case it was a lot of men but let's make that cast heavy and then let's let's just run with it that way that's because i think i don't know if that would work though i think this has to hit to adults though yeah it does it's just so fun it is fun it's so fun and it's a different than anything from that time it's a lot more mature for a teen comedy Mm -hmm. even a teen comedy with dick jokes it's definitely a movie that is aware of its intelligence and is Mm -hmm. not dubbing that down and that's nice i have another question for you how did you feel about ryan reynolds in this film (laughs) he's like baby face he looks constipated yeah, throughout it. Yeah. But that's... That's what I always remembered about him. Ryan Reynolds is a constipated kid and dick. Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> he's one of those people that he's better looking because he's he's got a good body. Like, I don't know... You think he's a butterface? I don't know if he's a butterface necessarily, but I think that's a mm-hmm. part of the appeal. And I think this kind of I proves don't know. it. I think he's good looking. I wouldn't say he's like... I don't find him like to be hot. Mm. I think he's just, I'm so used to, he's the same person in every movie. And I feel like it starts here. Yeah. It start, but it's like, it's a dumb version here. It's a constipated version Guys, here. Mita and I once had a conversation, and we can't go into detail because it's kind of mean, about what constitutes a woman being hot versus beautiful. <laughs> Based on that episode of The Office where it's not sorry, not about, what constitutes it. What are the what's the range? What's the range? Yes, of, of an actress's attract- attractiveness. Not, we didn't apply it to actors. It we didn't apply, apply it to actors, too. and we can. And I think Ryan yeah. Reynolds fits on the attractive, yeah, not hot. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. He is attractive. Yeah. Whereas someone like Ryan Gosling, he's hot. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit more on the hot. But that's also, that depends on your personality. We also, but with women, there was the thing where you had attractive, beautiful, and then hot. So there was... Where do you think, 
Kirsten Dunst and Michelle Williams fall because that's the other thing I notice in this movie. They're very, they're not done up. No, they're not. Like if you had girls today, they would be like full glam yeah, makeup yeah. and like beautiful hair. These two are so natural in this movie. They And I guess let's to say if like what teen girls were like in the 70s as well. But like there's a scene like Kirsten Dunst is looking in the mirror and I kept looking. I'm like, she's not wearing an inch of makeup. Yeah, there is not. like nothing on this girl's face. Yeah. And I loved seeing that. Yeah. I miss that so much. You don't see it anymore. I would say Michelle Williams is beautiful and she yes. has aged incredibly well. Like she mm-hmm. has just, I don't think she was that attractive in Dawson's Creek, but if you watch her in like My Week with Marilyn, uh, Fosse Verdon, she's, she's beautiful. She looks mm-hmm. like Marilyn Monroe. Kristen Dunst, I think is attractive. I find her to be beautiful, but I think you know. Yeah. Yeah. And got a thing I think she, she women, as but... well has aged really well, yeah, though. She She's aged naturally. Yeah. She has like a little more plump to her face since yeah. having like children. Yeah. And it's really nice. And then most recently, she was on YouTube on Architectural Digest page. Mm. She like featured her home and it's really, really nice. It's not like a conventional cookie cutter LA home. Yeah. And I really liked it. So everybody should go watch that too. That's the pop culture part of this podcast. Don't roll your eyes <laughs> at me. <laughs> Do you have any sequel people ideas? Oh my gosh, do I? I want to know what happens with Arlene and Betsy. At the end of the movie, they do the like fun thing where they do have some text over an image um, saying yeah. that uh, this was my other favorite takeaway from this movie, that um, Betsy's brother was one of the inventors of Quaaludes. Yes. I laughed for a good while after reading that. Um, and with his money, he helped Betsy and Arlene open up a roller rink. Yeah. And I don't think roller rinks like lasted that they long. So know. I'm curious, what did Betsy and Arlene do like after the roller rink probably closed? And then I also feel like in recent times, they've like come up. I'm seeing a lot of people at roller rinks on like Insta stories. Yeah. I'm wondering if they reopened their roller yeah. rink. <laughs> right? Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and yeah, that's it. That's all I Those wanted to know. Ones. Did you have any? I didn't know that. You didn't I don't, know? I mean, I think it's very clear. I liked this. I don't think I loved it as much as you do. You don't, yeah. I think it's time for you to tell me how much you loved it, though. Okay, I will. I'll go into it. Yeah. So I felt just so much like a kid again when I was watching this movie, and it's so nice to like have those feelings, especially like we've watched some really rough things the last little while it's also like spooky season so i've been watching a lot of scary things and so it was nice to like take a break from that and kind of focus on something else this is also such a light watch as well like i literally i watched it twice and we only had three days oh wow really and like i mean i had it on in the background both times and like i didn't feel like i needed to concentrate too much on it because i had seen it before and like i knew the movie but I did watch it twice and it's light and it's breezy and it's like good to have there. And it's just such a, it's totally agree with you in that this was marketed in the wrong way and that this is a movie for adults. But when I think about like the teen movies that had come out in that time, the American Pies, this, like even things like She's All That, um, and even the TV shows, like you had Buffy and Dawson and Seventh Heaven. This is so much smarter than that. And I would hope that there were teens that loved it at that time who were like the smart teens that not everybody got and that they were able to watch this and have something that was their own too. Because like watching this now, I feel like I'm in the know. I have something that's mine as well. And I think when something is able to give you that feeling, it's just, it's so nice. And like there is not enough of that in the world right now. And it's a good takeaway to have. 
That being said, there are some things. There's 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 dick jokes throughout it, yeah. right? It's not like I'm talking about it like it's at this high caliber, but there is some like goofiness yeah, yeah. to it as well. And I think it pulls it off, but it is a little lowbrow in some places, and then it's it's really smart and educated in others. And so overall, I'm gonna give it a three out of five. What? Why? What did you think? I thought we were going four. I'm so surprised, Mita. I like enjoyed it, but like I think I am separating my like heart from it. Wow. Do you know what I'm I mean? I'm a like, little taken aback. Like if I'm thinking of just the movie yeah. in general, I know I've just spoken so much about it and like how happy I am yeah. having watched it. But when we're doing our reviews, are we supposed to like take into factor just our personal feelings or are we taking into like this is the film and this is what I think the film should get? I think it's a little bit of both, right? Because a, a movie has to elicit an emotional response. What's the point of a textbook great movie that is cold and leaves you not feeling anything? I wouldn't tell everybody to watch this though. That's the thing. Mm. Like, is this a movie to watch by the end of the world? Not really. Mm. I thought you might like this because it's a political satire and there it is like a teen mm. adult movie and it's in the the you know same the same direction as like election mm. which i'm pretty sure you enjoy yeah. but i wouldn't tell like just any anybody to watch anybody it. go watch unless i knew them well enough to be like you would appreciate this mm. yeah okay i honestly was expecting higher i might be moving towards three and a half you do yours and then come back to me okay fine <laughs> okay so yeah i I had actually heard that this was one of those movies that was better than you thought it was going to be and smarter than you thought it was going to be. But mm -hmm. it, honestly, I didn't even... I usually, when we play the game, once you name me the actors that you were talking about, I can usually connect the film. Like, I, yeah. I have enough film knowledge to do that. This was not on my periphery at all. Like, I had mm -hmm. forgotten it was a movie that existed until you brought it up. So this was not going to be a movie that I was ever going to watch on my own. So for that and that alone, I'm grateful because I love watching things that were not on my like radar and that would have complete like I would have died and not seen it kind of thing had it not been for this podcast. And so this is definitely one of those things. And I think it's a good movie. I could have died and not seen Cinderella story and be happy about that. But <laughs> this definitely has redeeming qualities. It is very smart. It is very funny. It has more intelligence than you think it does. And this might be the retrospect talking in the hindsight Michelle Williams and Kristen Dunst are just so good as actresses. And I don't know if that's just watching, you know, teen Michelle Williams and being like, oh, this woman or this actress is clearly showing signs of Brokeback Mountain or My Week with Marilyn. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. could tell that, like, if that's what it is. I don't know if watching it at the time, I would have felt the same way. Like, I don't know if that's playing a part in how I feel about their performances. Oh, yeah, that's Do you know fair what I mean? Too. Like, you know what's come of their career. Yeah. You know and, that they're, and I know they've yeah. made something of themselves and that they've, like, they've honed what is clearly charisma and good looks into talent. And, like, yeah. they've, they've earned their keep in that industry, essentially, based on, like, their talent. That's informing my opinion right now. So I, that that's hard to kind of decide because is it a performance or performances that I'm being blown away by? No. Is it something like Emma Stone and ECA where you're watching and you're like, no, she's going somewhere. And I don't think if I watched this back in 1999, I would have looked at either of these girls and thought she's going somewhere. Hmm. 
I think you need to see some of their other movies from that time, though, Maybe to see to the versatility. Yeah, yeah, and that's, because I do think they're they're both they showed promise at really I mean, young. Kristen Dunst started starred in when she was like five years. Yeah, old. I like, mean, Interview yeah. with the Vampire was her first major film, so that's not something to like scoff at. She's clearly a talented woman, but again. When I watched this, I enjoyed it. It did take me some time to get into, evidenced by the fact that I fell asleep and had to finish it in the middle of the night. <laughs> but it was, it did keep me up. It kept me entertained. I did find it chever, sorry, chever, <laughs> clever and charming. So, oh, a new word. Yeah. Would I watch it again? Honestly, probably not. But I did enjoy it while I was watching it. And I, I had a good time. I'm glad I watched it in the end. And for all those reasons, I am going with three stars. <laughs> I changed my mind. I'm doing three and a half. Are you sure? The half is the half is for my my like my heart. Okay. Yeah, but the I think it 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 is a three. It's like it's great. It's not like the most amazing thing you're ever gonna yeah. watch. There's some dumb parts to it, but like that's also part of its charm too. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. So three for Nadim, three and a half. For Mitha. You also mentioned that there's a connection to your next pick, which is not like we're going to play my game now. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like I know what we're watching, but I'll wait till next oh, okay. week to, to get Yeah, wait there. till next week. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was a good dose of dick. I think it was good dick. Yeah. Yeah, some good great. D. I think it was great dick. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, I wouldn't think yeah. it was great. Okay, well, like teach their own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every person feels a different way about the dick they see. Just don't let dick run your life. Absolutely. <laughs> but Mita, I think that's enough dick jokes for now. Never. Because it's time to play. Different characters. Same, same world. Ba-da-ba. There we go. Are you ready? I'm ready. Do you have your do you have your picks I for me? I do have my picks for you, Mita. Yes. It's been a while since we've watched a Bollywood film. It's been a while. It has. The last one we actually watched was Thalvar back in July. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, we did watch NH10 as like a, just last week, but this mm-hmm. is officially what we're about to watch and has been on my list forever. 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 So wow. I am giving you three actors. Uh-huh. Great. In this film. Uh-huh. And I'm going to give you a clue. Oh. It's from 2014. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that may or may not make a difference. I don't know. Okay, Mita. Yeah. So I'm giving you three actors. Okay. Here are their names. Or here mm-hmm. are the characters that they played. Characters' names? Okay. Aditya Kashyap. Billu. Okay. Uh-huh. And Gita Patel. Okay. These are like the most... Generic okay. sounding names. Yeah. I know. Your timer starts now. Gita Patel is literally... I'm probably related to one. And it's from 2014. Yeah. Okay. And then what was the other name, sorry? Aditya what Kashyap. Was Aditya? Aditya Kashyap. Is he related to Anurag Kashyap? No. And oh, okay. Bilu. <laughs> and Bilu. Yeah. Is Bilu like a servant in this movie? Nope. Um, and it's 2014 and they're all actors that are in this movie. 30 seconds. I'm not going to get it. So now I'm just going to think about like Bollywood movies that you've always wanted me to watch. There's that one that's like about Hamlet. <laughs> What's that called? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Nine, eight, seven. <laughs> uh, are we there yet? 
I'm not going to get Here it. We are. One minute. Okay. Mita, it's interesting that you chose the one movie that we are watching. Because... <laughs> so I kind of won there. Kind of, but you didn't know the name of it. I don't know the name of it, no. but I know it's about Hamlet. It is. <laughs> so we are watching Vishal Bhardwaj's Heather next week. Okay. And the actors, Aditya Kashyap is Shahid Kapoor in Jab We Met. Oh, okay. Yes. Gita Patel is Tabu in Life of Pi. Oh. And Billu is Irfan Khan in Billu Barber. Oh, yes. I'm not, I wouldn't get Billu that. Billu Barber, I know, is a little bit tougher, but I thought you might get Aditya Kashyap because you mentioned Jab We Met like last week in a conversation. I mentioned Karina Kapoor, who's like the takeaway take from, from Jeff We Met and the only thing I remember. It's true. Because you told me I am Karina Kapoor and Jeff We Met. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, we are watching Heather okay. next week. Spell it for me. H-A-I-D-E-R. Okay. So it sounds like Heather. I'm saying Heather, yeah, but I'm saying so it's Hyder. 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 Heather. Heather. Okay. And honestly, Hamlet. it's... Such a lighthearted, like, easygoing film. I doubt it, but okay. <laughs> I read Hamlet in high school. Yeah. It's... Another high school movie. <laughs> yes. Well, this is not a high school movie. It's a no, very okay. different approach. Where do I find it? I believe she's on Amazon. On, uh, sorry, Netflix. On Netflix. Okay. Good to know. So exciting. I do like Dabu. Yeah. We'll talk next week. Yeah, it's on oh, Netflix. Okay. Okay. This is... <laughs> Two hours and 40 minutes. I hate you. I know. I'm sorry. I like to pick the long and I like to pick the serious. You also pick like foreign languages in which I really need to pay attention. This is Hindi at least. I'm not giving you like an Iranian movie again. Yeah. There's a little bit at at least of us like osmosis because you like even though you're reading the subtitles, a little bit more is coming into you. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. That's fair. Okay. Okay. (laughs) But that is for next week. Mita, do you have any parting words for this episode? I do. You smell like cabbage. Honestly, I was going to message you right then at the beginning of the movie and be like, this has to be the quote. But then it's like, let it, let's, let some more of this movie pass. Because it's also so subtle. It's, you yeah. could almost miss it. Yeah, you could absolutely. almost miss it. But it's just so, it's like, and it's a Will Ferrell line. Of also, I was surprised that you picked it because I didn't think you would. No, it was just because he doesn't deliver it how he, like, like, he's not yelling or screaming. It's just like a very, like, you smell like cabbage. Cabbage. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and... Rate and review. And we will see you next week for a little bit of Hamlet in Heather. Bye! Bye! (laughs) Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by No One. You can follow us on Instagram at Movies to Watch Pod, on Twitter at Movies the number two watch pod, on the TikTok at Movies to Watch Pod, or send us an email at Movies to Watch Pod at gmail.com. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon.